Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Brendan King. What's up? Welcome to the show. Hey, so I'm excited. Awesome. Let's get right into it. So this is the third episode of the Call Them Every Storm podcast, and where we try to help each listener improve their ability to de-escalate, mitigate, and resolve crisis. So whether this is personal life, professional life, our goal is to try to teach you to calm every storm. And we do this by inviting fantastic guests who have experience dealing with challenging situations and encounters from all walks of life, people who are willing to share their thoughts with us about how they navigate crisis without violence, of course, whenever possible. So make sure to join us on the station and keep getting great information. My name is Brendan King. I'm the CEO and founder of Crisis Consultant Group. And today I have a fantastic guest, Amy Downs. Good morning. Super excited to have you. Awesome. So, Amy, I hear something in the background. Here. Do you know what it is? No. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's just an echo or what. Okay, okay. Sweet. Very weird. No problem. No problem. So, we just handled that crisis right off the bat. Right. How about it? We just (laughs) roll with it. (laughs) Right on. Awesome. So, Amy, do me a favor. Tell the listeners uh, about who you are, your background, kind of what makes you such an awesome guest? Because I already know, but I want them to know. (laughs) Sure thing. (laughs) Sure thing. Well, um, okay. So as Brennan said, my name is Amy Downs. Um, I live in this wonderful state of Pennsylvania. And uh, my background is all social work. So I have a bachelor's degree in social work. I have a master's degree in social work. And about a year from now, I'll have a doctorate degree in social work. Mm. Yeah. Nice pretty cool. And uh, I I realized this morning um, that this is, I think, my 11th year working Mm. with the most innovative, fantastic company uh, in the universe, um, which is Crisis Consultant Group. So that's kind of cool. You Um, rock. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And uh, my background, I I have a pretty wide background. Um, You know, I've worked in residential treatment facilities. I've worked in mental health hospitals. Currently, I work at an institution for higher education, uh, public Mm. university for um, higher education. So I've kind of been all over the place uh, in terms of my background and and certainly have seen crisis um, handled well uh, and handled not so well at uh, every place that I've been. Oh, are you there? Okay, good, good. Awesome. So thank you for that. And, you know, I I love the... uh, the, the support that you've given CCG over the years. And those of you who um, may or may not know Amy, um, as she mentioned, she, I actually trained her to be a trainer at the hospital where she was working years back. And she just loves CCG so much. And I saw her teach and was really intrigued by her ability to do so. And uh, she's just been a fantastic resource. So a lot of you trainers right now, you are reaping the benefits of some early development and assistance that Amy uh, gave to us uh, to really help get CCG up and rolling. So it's really exciting to uh, reconnect, especially in this way. So let's get right into it. So I want to, we, t- we talked earlier about how, you know, the goal of this podcast is to really give the listeners a, a few simple tips that may be, um, you know, they can apply today, they can apply, you know, tomorrow, but things to consider about de-escalating crisis that maybe, uh, you know, and, and the majority of listeners right now are trainers, are current trainers around the country um, right. and international. Woo-hoo. Um, yeah, woo. But so exciting. So, but so 
with that, um, they know the, the CES curriculum, they understand it, but other things that obviously are out there that have helped you um, um, kind of navigate through crisis. So I wanted to try to start with maybe a couple key pieces that you think have been really fundamental in your learning process, either some mistakes or trial by, you know, trial and error, or just things that you picked up on early that you found for yourself were just really great tools or skills that on other people that have, that have really shaped your ability to deescalate crisis? Well, I think that uh, I'm a social worker by trade, right? And a mm-hmm. um, little shout out to all the social workers out there that are listening that might be trainers because are you still there? Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> I was just giving a what, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. gotcha. Um, because March is actually uh, social work month uh, where we mm. celebrate social workers. And our theme this, um, this month is that we're leaders, we're advocates, and we're champions. Um, mm. And so when I think about crisis um, as a social worker and as a leader, um, I absolutely think that in crisis intervention, one of the biggest tools is connection. Um, and when you're a trainer, you know, I think that being able to connect with the group that you're training so that they understand um, the importance of, you know, connecting to the content and then being able to take the content and do something with it. Um, sure. And that is de-escalate crisis. Right? So for people who are working in crisis, you, we, we always talk about the 98% rule, right? That mm-hmm. 98, 99% of crisis um, is resolved without having to put our hands on anybody. Um, I think that's one of the things that drew me into the curriculum um, so much as a social worker is I think that we can resolve a lot by talking to people. Now, obviously, there's always that one percent. Somebody's a danger to themselves. Right. And we have to do something to keep everybody safe. Um, mm-hmm. But I really, really feel that if you can connect, if you can find that, um, I think it's the five steps to de-escalation that we use mm-hmm. um, that talks about, like, find the in what's in it. If you can find what's in it for you and what's in it for them the likelihood of having a positive outcome where people are calm and people, you know, nobody gets hurt. Um, for me, that's, that's sort of like the magic. That's for me where the mm-hmm. magic happens, um, you know, in crisis is that, that connection. Right on. So what, let's say um, you're dealing with a particular client and you're, you're feeling as though you're not bridging that gap, or at least you haven't yet. What is a way that you actually do that? Mm -hmm. So for me, the process is, um, you know, usually when people are in crisis, um, typically they're, they're usually exhibiting behaviors that I find undesirable or unappealing. Um, and so one of the things I really try to do is I, what I really like about this person, even if I don't know them, I have to kind of find something that goes, you know, maybe it's the fact that I can imagine that they're somebody's brother or they're somebody's sister and somebody in their family loves them. And so if I can get to that place and find something that I can connect to that we have in common, I'm, I'm somebody's sister, right? Um, mm. And so if, even if I don't say that out loud to that person, in my mind, the framework that I'm coming from is somebody loves this person and it's my job to do the best that I can to get them out alive, whatever that mm. is, to get them not, you know, like, let's go not like active shooter kind of stuff, but like they're, they just want to hurt themselves. Their family member is entrusting me to be able to calm them down so that their family member doesn't hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I try to come from that place. I start there. Um, sometimes I make that overt. Sometimes I'll connect and I'll try to ask a question, um, you know, while they're escalated. Who's important in your life? You know, sometimes those random questions that aren't necessarily rated to tell me why you're upset. 
um, can be a, can be a good refocusing point for them. And then I've got my in and then I can talk with them because now they're connected, um, to something. I, I, I do a lot of reading right now, um, about connection. And one of the leading researchers in the country is Dr. Brene Brown. She's also a social worker. And she talks about how we're just hardwired for connection as humans. That's why we're mm. here. You know, we are here to connect with other people. And so in crisis, um, for me, that's, that's the, really the, the point where, boy, I better learn how to be able to do that and, and kind of get into that. And it's practice, Brendan. Um, mm. You know, we talk all the time about, you know, you got to use your skills. If you're not using them, you lose them. And so connection, you don't have to be in crisis to be practicing connection. Right. You know, Ooh, we I have, like that. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't have to be in crisis to practice connection. So if you are practicing connection with the people in your life, even, even like for me, like I practice connection, you'll think this is funny because you, you like random stories. So here's one mm-hmm. for you. Um, I am that person that when I'm checking out in Walmart, you know, buying my paper towels and my dog food or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm checking out and I, I say to the person when they leave, I pay attention to their name, their name badge. Mm-hmm. And I'll say things like, Hey, thanks, Mary. Have a good day. That's connection, right? My name is, is my identity. Mm-hmm. And so that's connection. And it's little stuff like that, you know, and sometimes they look up at me like, well, how do you know my name? I think they forget that they have a name badge on, but, but to recognize they're human and they're providing me, we're in a relationship in the checkout counter, you know, mm-hmm. where they're providing me a service. And, and I don't know, I think people can be rude today. And so having someone say, Hey, Mary, thanks for, thanks for today. Have a good rest of your day. Hope your shift goes fast. You know, little mm-hmm. stuff like that, those little points where moments where you can practice connection, then when you really need to be able to connect in a crisis situation, um, you've got that because you do it naturally in your everyday life. I like that. You know, and that's so true is that the, the small conversations that we have and these opportunities connect with people um, is really the only way to get good at it. And I think too often we put so much of a dependence on, well, let's do a scenario in training. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, you know, Brendan, uh, we need to do a scenario and can you, you know, we get, we've got this for years. Everybody says, well, can you guys build in certain scenarios for our environment into the training? And yes, as a trainer, that's a great idea, mm-hmm. but, I, but it, training once a year, twice a year where we know that people don't get that often to do it. The reality is, okay, they might learn something in a specific scenario, but I, I really agree with you that if we can convince people to really up their, their game and even taking it a step is going, okay, today I'm going to pick out one person today to actually try to do something like that. As you're talking about connecting as mm-hmm. uncomfortable as it may be, you know, that's, yeah, that, yeah, I really, you struck a nerve with that because I don't typically strike up those types of conversations. I just mm-hmm. don't. And, and that is a really key thing where if you're not, very good at de-escalation or you just don't feel good at making connections with people, obviously the only way you're going to do it is through those types of conversations. I've found for me that if there's a reason why I already have uh, a a reason to interact with that person like that, a checkout person or, Mm -hmm. you know, a waiter or waitress at a restaurant, it's very easy for me to talk to them. But if it's somebody that I literally, it's random on the street, like we're just, there is no there's no, uh, there's no additional reason for a conversation. I have always found it very hard to speak out or speak up in that way. Like if I, you put me in a social setting at a party or something, I am not the person that goes up and just strikes up conversation with people. Like that is not at all me. But if we're both standing in line waiting to get food 
or and they're next to me in the buffet line, I and we're both you know, like joking about the way something looks, or or that, or there might be something like that. Then I can easily do it. But it, it's 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 a very it's a big difference between well, there's already that in, so it's a lot easier for me to do. Whereas like you're doing, you're you're stepping past just having that connection and taking that step, and then I like that getting to know you know taking a piece of them and saying hey. I'm going to get to know their name because I'm then going to use that uh, to bridge that gap. And yet definitely the more we do that randomly, then the more easy it's going to, ha- you know, more likely it is to happen when we're actually, when we need it mm-hmm. um, under stress. So very cool. So what are, uh, what are two things or maybe even one main thing um, or more than that, that you have seen people do that have really been problematic and caused more crisis um than than we'd hope oh i love this question um and i'm going to use it as an opportunity to talk about authenticity Mm. because i think that one of the things that i've noticed in situations um in crisis when they kind of go i don't want to say terribly wrong but when when you kind of take that breath and go oh gosh this is not going to end well like um (laughs) for Mm -hmm. either person you know whether it's just because they're they're more agitated or you know they're just not engaging for me that for me that's a trainer problem Mm. um and and i think that in the industry that we we, you do it you're the company and the program does a really good job talking about you know the only piece in 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 crisis that i can control as a trainer or as Mm. a responder is me Mm-hmm. Right. And that and that ultimately the actions taken by the client or mm-hmm. whatever, however you label them in your in your universe and mine, it's client or consumer um, mm-hmm. ultimately determines that outcome. And all along the way. Right. We're providing options and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm preaching to the choir a little bit. I know with that. No, no, but, no, that's fine. but but I think that for me, when when uh, when somebody responds to crisis and, and this is true for myself, I mean, I'll totally call myself out here um, in those moments when I show up and I try to talk to someone in a style that sounds like mm-hmm. Brendan King, things mm-hmm. don't turn out well for me because mm-hmm. I'm not Brendan King. Right. So show up and sound like Amy Downs. And I think that it's important um, as trainers and as responders to crisis that we, that we understand ourselves. That's the best tool to having a better outcome. Mm-hmm. I have seen some people, you know, um, Crisis is scary. If we're really honest, crisis is scary and it's getting scarier. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that for some people, it's like, oh, I see Brendan uh, and he presents and man, wow, look at him. Like, oh, he talks about this story and he did this and this and this. So when something similar comes across my experience, because I might be newer at this or because I might think like, oh, I, I'm not strong enough to, to handle that. I'm going to try to wear a little bit and sound like Brendan. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't work. People know when you're faking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they mm-hmm. know when you are showing up and not being yourself. Um, you know, you have a you have a military background. You have some police background. Um, I don't have that, so I'm not going to pretend like I am going to be able to, um, you know, take somebody down in any sort of like cuffing. I don't mm-hmm. know how to do that. I'm not going to mm-hmm. pretend to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, what I do well, showing up authentically, is is I I'm a communicator. It's, it's kind of who I am. It's kind of what I do. And I'm a connector. My, my superpower is connecting. And so I'm not going to try to use the same personality or the same tactics as somebody else. Right. Um, I might be able to borrow. I mean, I'll tell you, I've stolen from you a hundred thousand times. <laughs> some of the things that you do. Um, sure. And also some of the training across 
with you. Um, you know, I, Oh, that's a really good idea. I click into that. And it's like, how can I take what they do mm. and make that mine? How can I kind of put that code on and have it fit me um, in a way that is authentic um, to who I am? Nice. And so I, I, I think, I really think that, that that's the key. Don't try to be somebody else. Mm. Don't try to, you know, I, I'll be honest. I really don't do, um, I don't do the nonverbal clientele very well. If you can't talk mm-hmm. to me, I'm kind of in trouble. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my weak point. And so, you know, when something's weak, you try to practice it. So I learned sign language. That's one of my things. Mm. Um, and let me tell you, I am not as good a communicator in sign language as I am, you know, just vocally like you and I are right now. Um, but give me a child who's on the spectrum and I'm mm. going to in crisis and I'm really going to have to work. I'm going to be hustling a little bit um, to try to try to work with that child because that's not an area of expertise for me, per se. Um, mm. Can I do it? Yeah. And the reason I can do it is because I've been able to watch other experts who are good at it and say, OK, how can I make that technique or that skill work for me? Mm. So I mm. think that's part of it. You've got to borrow from the brilliance of others because mm. there's a lot of brilliant people doing crisis intervention that you've, that this company has worked with, you know, how many years have we, how many years have you been doing this now? Right. 14, yeah. 14 years, you know, so you've got, you've got a wealth of knowledge out there, you know, so this is why part of the reason I'm so happy to be a part of this because it's connecting right. Other mm. people's brilliance, which is great. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, I completely agree. And it's funny because when I was trying to dream up the idea for this podcast, been listening to myself talk for years and I, I still get it, you know, get excited and get away from me. But I truly am at a point in my life where I am gaining so much from the wisdom and experience of other people. And, and it is, you're absolutely right. I mean, my hope with this podcast is to keep, you know, I've got a long list of people that uh, are on my Facebook friends list. Oh, they're not pups. Um, yeah. Sorry. My dog's barking. That's all right. And, um, <laughs> And being able to connect with, with these individuals that have the experiences and like we talked about, whatever their backgrounds are, everybody has something. And that's the goal is trying to bridge that gap and use this to, to connect people. Awesome. Well, so um, let me, I, as we finish up here, because we yeah, like yeah, to yeah. keep it distinct, um, any books or training courses that you would highly recommend um, to to trainers, uh, and and that could be involved with de-escalation or even improving as trainers and and just overall. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna throw out some sort of unrelated but related uh, okay. related suggestions. Um, trauma informed care, anything that you can right. find on trauma informed care right now. Um, you know how to how to work with people. Um, who have been traumatized because as we're starting to recognize in the industry, trauma is so much more than just, you know, I've, I've experienced a physical assault or a sexual assault, or I have PTSD from being in the military. There's so much more out there now, you know, medical Mm -hmm. trauma, um, all sorts of stuff. So anything that you can get about um, trauma informed care, number one, Um, I would say that anything that you can read. um, I really, uh, I love the book who moved my cheese um, Mm -hmm. by Spencer Johnson. Mm -hmm. Um, it's about working, you know, kind of leadership and not doing the same thing over and over again. Mm. Um, and it's a story about like two, like these little mice. It's a great story. If you've never read it, it's a pretty short book, pretty easy to read. Um, and, and, and I would say pretty much right now, anything, um, anything by Dr. Brene Brown. Um, she studies vulnerability, shame and connection. Um, and so if you are someone who struggles with, 
you know, how do I show up as my authentic self? Um, anything by her. She's written probably my two favorites are Daring Greatly and Rising Strong. Mm. Um, she has a new book out called Braving the Wilderness, which is pretty great. I, I know a book is good when I read it and I want to kind of throw it across the room at the same time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my, it's kind of my measure for how something's good. Um, and then right I'm trying to think if there's anything else, really trauma informed care and really anything about connection, how to be a better connector. Those are probably my, those are probably my big ones right now. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic. Let me ask you this. I, I like to ask the guests and try to get this going. Any causes or, um, anything that in particular that you would love to, and whether it's a book you're working on or, you know, anything for you that you think, um, this, this podcast as it grows and spreads could be beneficial to draw people towards either a website or, uh, anything you're working on or a project or a cause that you'd love to see people support. Oh gosh. That's a question I wasn't totally anticipating. You're right catching on. me off guard. You put me in crisis. Good thing I have my well, if you <laughs> If you think of one, you could definitely shoot it to me afterwards and, uh, and I can throw it up I in mean, the show notes. I mean, I, all right. Want. So I, I'm just going to throw this out there that, that I think that we have to get behind a national conversation about guns. And, and, mm. and I'm not going to get all political, taking sides sure. or anything. But I think that, you know, the world is definitely has different challenges. And I think that our children are afraid and I'm not saying we need to take them away, but I, I, but I believe we can do better. Um, and so whatever that means to you to doing better, whether it's that you teach your kids how to, you know, handle firearms, if you're a firearm person, um, making sure that they respect the gun and do all that kind of stuff. Um, I think we need better mm. mental health stuff. So even just having that conversation, that dialogue for me right now is, is kind of on my radar, um, right on. you know, just to right have people be safe. Right on. I, you know, I read something, um, and I'll close with this. I read something a couple of weeks ago, uh, and it was an article right after Florida and I kind of pulled out, I, I can't remember if the quote, or if I just kind of put this together, but it said, um, broken boys and broken men commit acts of, of violence like this. Mm -hmm. And it really stuck out to me that when you go, when you think of school shootings, nine times out of 10, it's youth you know, males mm -hmm. and a uh, corporate workplace active shooter is nine times out of 10 is, is mm -hmm. male adults. You don't often have kids going into workplaces and you don't often have adults going into schools, not to say it doesn't happen because it does, but it's, it's, that's where it's at. And so in, in a timeline, when I consider reverse engineering these events, I go, okay, broken boys. So how do we heal broken boys and mm -hmm. keep boys from getting broken to begin with? There it is. And if we do that, which, you know, that comes down to everything from being a great dad to, you know, getting God back in, in people's lives or spirituality or just like you said. And I like that, that, I, you know, you didn't say, hey, we need to take guns away, but let's look at are we doing a good enough job of firearms handling? Are we obviously talking about mental health and dealing with that? And I, I think if we can truly get into that understanding that that it's you know broken boys and broken men and figure out what can we do to better help them um maybe we we can jump in front of this or at least do a little bit better job of preventing some of these things so exactly right on it's a tough conversation and a long one but awesome well thank you so much amy and it's definitely good to connect with you and i'm sure that the listeners will get a lot out of this so everyone, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast on Anchor, you can do that. These obviously are found on iTunes as well. So you can go and just search Calm Every Storm podcast and uh, you can check us out there. So 
with that, I want to thank you again. Thank everybody for listening. And uh, Amy, be safe out there. Hey, you too. Thanks, Brennan. All right. All right. Thanks. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.